If you find yourself dealing with criticism in a very sensitive way, it might be because you're not the kindest person towards yourself. Uh, you may find that um, if there's any element of codependence, if we're if we're being um, saved by praise um, rather than we think we could be ruined by it, we have a problem there in the sense that we have to be able to be willing to be molded and changed by those that we deeply affect. Stay a while amid the British charm that is called my brain. I'm a journalist and pastor in California, but don't hold that against me. I wasn't brainwashed. I chose to leave my atheism on my own accord, consequently after two sips of Kool-Aid. But that's for another time. These opinions are my own most of the time. The humour was learned of a book I found in a hedge and the dreamer in me while well, she's here to stay. So you're very welcome. Hello, my friends. This is Carrie Lloyd, and you are listening to the Carry On podcast. I have been naughty, and I've been travelling a little bit. Los Angeles for Thanksgiving, and uh, Mendocino um, on a former hippie commune, talking to young kids about sex and relationships and all those lovely things. So it's been quite a journey, um, and it's lovely to be back. I have had. Um, much response in regards to the trusting yourself and trusting others. Um, and from that has spun this other topic that I decided to talk about, which is dealing with criticism, um, both how you receive it and how you give it towards others. Um, and I actually did a class from Mike Mashiro a few weeks ago where I basically uh, was asked to just cover this particular topic and didn't realize just how much I had navigated this journey on my own. Of course, anyone that's got any ounce of um, clout um, on a podcast or articles or journalism or books or whatever we do um, is susceptible and very open to criticism. Um, it's not always handled brilliantly, uh, whether we receive it or whether we give it out. Um, but I certainly have got some things that I'd like to share with you guys today. But firstly, I wanted to open up with this quote, and this is Norman Vincent Peale said this, the trouble with most of us is that we would rather be ruined by praise than saved by criticism. Criticism, when constructive and uh, when fed back in a way that is believing in the other person for the better good, um, it's, it's, it's worth, it's gold in our own growth. And... If you are one of those people that really can't handle criticism very well, then I strongly suggest this might be something just to take a note in um, and something to perhaps even make for your 2019 a thing where you can handle feedback and criticism because I would say in the culture of confrontation in which I live, uh, this is very, very prevalent in um, my growth. I've been here now in Northern California for about seven years and um, I would say I've probably had most of my growth in this environment now some might go, oh, that's because you were brainwashed by a cult. And I go, no, 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 no. It was because I was in a, a confrontational culture. In England, um, if it comes to any kind of confrontation, normally it's very volatile and can sometimes be quite aggressive or nothing is said whatsoever. So either way, that trust that I was talking about last week doesn't actually get to have any anything built on because no one can actually be honest. So what does it look like when we have actually experienced some hurt or some pain and vice versa um, when we're giving it out? Are we actually teachable? Are we willing to look at ourselves and go, oh yeah, I got that wrong and how can I correct my ways? Um, so I want to kind of look on two parts. One is how we how we manage criticism towards ourselves. 
Um, I would say the best people who are good at criticism and those that are tough-minded but tender-hearted. Martin Luther King talks about this, the importance of having a tough mind so you're not easily swayed or influenced, but you still have a tender heart. And for me, I would say I was the other way around. I had a very um, tough heart and a very soft head. So I was easily swayed by criticism and um, easily hurt by uh, feedback um, by strangers, never mind close people to me. And so, uh, but that was down to the fact that I was actually quite self-critical. And if you find yourself dealing with criticism in a very sensitive way, it might be because you're not the kindest person towards yourself. Uh, you may find that um, if there's any element of codependence, if we're, if we're being um, saved by praise, um, rather than we think we could be ruined by it. We have a problem there in the sense that we have to be able to be willing to be molded and changed by those that we deeply affect. Um, now, if you are someone that actually is destined to talk to people that don't even know what you have for breakfast, i.e. you have people on a, some kind of platform you're a leader in your environment. You have not just uh, colleagues, um, but many people that listen to your techniques and thoughts and ideas about life. And this is obviously going to be, you're going to be very, very open and susceptible to the fact that people want to have an opinion about you. In this day and age, this is absolutely the generation of opinions, which is great. But the problem is everyone's basing their identity on opinions now. So we have a problem in the sense that if someone disagrees with each other, then we get very affected and we don't feel loved by them. So if I'm self-critical already, there is no room for anyone else to give me constructive criticism. Um, I never want to be beyond reproach. So if someone actually wants to talk to me about something they're struggling with in regards to how I can affect that, then I, I, ideally I ask for specifics and ask them to sit down and just explain where they can explain why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Um, I also look at what level of relationship are we in? Are we very, very close friends? In which case, I'm going to be taking that very much to heart and tenderly walking upon a grace for myself as well as listening and asking, how can I improve that? And that sometimes there are moments where, where someone's criticizing us based on those expectations I, I spoke about within regards to trust. And actually, I can't change my capacity and I can't do anything to actually uh, adhere to the expectations that my friends have. So we actually have to sort of work out a win-win situation and be willing to compromise on uh, what expectations look forward. But normally I ask for specifics when I'm getting criticism and I ask what could I have done differently in order for me to be able to look forward and, um, and help myself. I obviously am I'm also looking at the person who's criticizing me and I'm using the word criticism rather than constructive feedback because I actually feel like sometimes it can be masters the same thing. Um, it's basically when we're not giving someone positive information. Um, but it always needs to be done in gentleness. And it's something that I didn't do a very good job with because by the time I was willing to confront that person, um, I'd built up this entire story and approach in my brain. I'd spoken to other people about this rather than actually going to that person and asking questions. Um, I, 
if you are in a team working for someone in particular, um, I honestly believe in asking for individual feedback, not having a group feedback at the same time, because we're trying to listen to everyone is um, believing their thoughts based on their own experiences. So group people, if there is a common pattern, then obviously we have to look at something uh, quite seriously and change how we're, we're leading someone or uh, guiding someone. If we are indeed an employer, a boss, a mentor, something like that, then we need to look at ourselves and not be beyond reproach. However, there are times where um, we are having to navigate what it looks like to um, understand the words that we say over each other's lives actually give life or death. And uh, we're either growing or dying in a relationship. So if I'm looking to grow all the time with my friends, which I am, I always believe in momentum, I believe in history, I believe in experiences with each other that grow and build you. And sometimes it is exactly these moments that build you into a better bond with each other because you've navigated how to deal with something about you and something about them slightly hurt. Um, and so how do we build through conflict? How do we build through um, the ability to move forward? Proverbs 15.31 says, the ear that listens to life-giving reproach will dwell among the wise. Well, I wasn't dwelling among the wise because I was too scared to hear what they were going to say to me. And because my tank of self-criticism was so full to the brim, I was so harsh on myself. Um, and I'd also been brought up in a sort of experience where if I did something wrong, I would face at times um, a distancing or an abandonment of some kind for a day or two. And as a kid... Um, that, that can be pretty tough to navigate on, on how we uh, don't try and strive and perform our way through life. Um, so I had to kind of work on how do I take this criticism and, and not let it fester or become something that's about my identity, but actually just something for me to work on. Now, hear me again, it always helps when you've got people that believe in you giving you that criticism. If you've got someone not believing in you, then um, this is going to be much harder to take. And also you're going to want to defend yourself because already this person already feels like they have an agenda. Um, one of the things when I was talking about the power of the tongue giving life or death, Dr. Emoto uh, was a quantum physics uh, doctor and uh, back in the day, he wrote a book called Hidden Messages in Water. It's a really beautiful book to understand the power of what words um, do over someone's sound frequencies and actual energetic um, molecular structure. And he was trying to prove that words have such an effect over um, energy, anything that has energy. So water being one of them. So he used two glasses of water. And forgive me if you've heard the story already, but I found it a profound analogy of what we actually do to ourselves and what we can do to other people with our words. Dr. Emoto have a glass of water in a, in a room, exactly the same environment as, an other, an, as another glass of water. Um, this one particular glass of water has the word love written around it. And he starts speaking words of affirmation and kind and loving things for an entire week over this glass of water. In another room, exactly the same environmental um, surroundings, nothing different, same source of water, has a glass of water with the word hate around it and speaks negative criticism and harsh words to this glass of water for another week. So under the microscope, after one week, he looks at both the molecular structure and one looks like an oil slick and that's the one full of negativity and hate. The other one looks like a snowflake and it's beautiful to look at under the microscope. So if we're aware of that's what we can do to water, 
then we need to be aware of what we can actually do to another person's soul. And if we take that with a weightiness and an understanding of what our words say to someone, then we need to honor them even if we feel hurt or disturbed by some of their actions. Um, equally, I really do believe in covering and it's something that I, again, I didn't do very well on. Um, and equally, when we've been criticized, we want to go around and start talking about the other person. Sometimes we backlash. Sometimes we want to go and talk to a friend for two or three hours on the phone and just navigate that entire conversation that took place with your friend about criticism. And it stirs this sort of pot of energy and angst and peacelessness, which actually becomes a much bigger thing than it needed to be. We're looking for affirmation from somebody else to counteract the negativity that we've found. But actually, if we're kind to ourselves and tender to ourselves, if we're not as self-critical, it doesn't mean to say that we can't be self-aware and can't correct ourselves when we realize we need to correct ourselves. But it's very important to go in with grace towards when we do something wrong because we can't expect ourselves to be in this journey of perfectionism. So... I think one of the important things is to understand that um, we must never defend ourselves when we're receiving criticism. Ask questions, ask for specifics, and trust that there might actually be an element of truth in the statement. Now, that doesn't mean to say that the people online, the trolls online, are anywhere near accurate. And I would say the letter, the less we know about somebody, the letter, the less we know about somebody else, the more we actually want to criticize or go instantly to a negative thought or opinion. Um, it's why everyone can be so hateful towards um, political members of any government or celebrities that we never met. Of course, I've seen it before where people have been very critical even about my writing. And as soon as, as, soon as they've met me, they've changed their, they've changed their tone. They've certain, certainly decided to be a bit kinder um, and certainly stopped writing things <laughs> quite as cruel. Um, so it talks about being wiser serpents and harmless as doves. This is actually the importance of knowing when to be kind back with criticism. So I'm asking for questions. If someone even online is asking me or saying things to me outwardly in public, I'll normally privately message them and go, hey, I'm really happy to have this conversation with you. Um, but only if it feels like it's coming from a place of no antagonism, as if you actually want to have this conversation to discover something. If it's just you fancy a fight, then I'm actually probably not going to partake in that um, because I'm kind to myself and I don't really like drama. However, I never want to be beyond reproach that I don't listen to what someone has to say, whether that's someone from outside in the big wide world or someone at home. Um, I often said to writers, write with your heart and read critique with your head. We just did a writing retreat a couple of weeks ago. And because it's such a vulnerable act to write with our heart, it's such a vulnerable act to be ourselves, quite frankly, and not be um, masking ourselves with performance or striving or um, pretending that we're something we're not. It's very easy to um, get very sensitive when we start acting in a life of vulnerability. Um, but actually, that's part of the beauty of being fully alive. Um, but also it means that we are more prone to being affected by others. But I'd rather that than being completely numb and so resilient to um, another person's thoughts or feelings that I become so tough-hearted tough that I've forgotten about the other person in front of me. Managing criticism towards others. Dale Carnegie said this, any fool can criticise, condemn and complain, but it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. 
So again, being specific, asking questions before making grand assumptions. There are so many times in life where I and other friends have navigated a circumstance, a situation, and they've forgotten to ask that other person before they get offended. And so giving them feedback sometimes comes with an expectation to change them. But actually, the key in giving feedback or criticism, so to speak, has to come from a place of understanding. What are you actually wanting to get out of this conversation? If you're wanting to condemn them or change their mind, well, good luck with that because people are a lot more stubborn than you realise. And actually, it might be coming from some some of your own offence and the hope that they might change might change your disposition on the entire circumstance. Whereas actually, if I go in with a sense of belief in that person, with a sense of belief in this person who's built for this, this, and this, this is a calling on their life, these are, this is, these are the gifts that this person brings. If I don't have that p- posture before I go into any conversation, then I actually cancel the meeting and I actually need a few days before I actually meet with them, just so I'm gentle and tender and kind and I can actually find connection with them whilst we're trying to journey through this, this navigation, if that makes sense. Um, a lot of times I have people that will want to talk about sharing their needs. And, you know, my boss always says, often that kind of, um, that kind of approach doesn't actually help because normally it's just to get the, it's only beneficial for the person that's given the criticism. They're wanting their voice to be heard or their heart to be heard, but actually they've gone in already with a huge amount of assumption and offense rather than asking questions. So don't give them feedback if you've lost belief in them. Um, And in fact, you need to navigate how to find belief in them again, because if our Lord believes in them, then you can. Um, Don't expect a sorry if there's a difference of opinion. That's the second thing to be really aware of. You're not going into looking for a ginormous sorry or an apology. If you're going with that kind of expectation, you might be pretty disappointed with the conversation you're about to have. Don't share something that truly only benefits you. If this is a conversation that you believe is really just about how your feelings got hurt, then you can say it, but be aware that the other person may not have a duty, if that makes sense, to fix that thing. Sometimes we're really only wanting to give feedback for our own benefit, and that's not the aim that you need to be going in with. James 4 says this, Do not speak against one another. Brethren, he who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but the judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Proverbs 15.1 also says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So gentle is probably one of the most underestimated um, gifts of the spirit, I think, um, fruits of the spirit that you can find within that entire list. It's one of the most powerful weapons, I think, in criticism. Um, And we don't have to pour out our criticism with any emotive vengeance or anger. I've often really appreciated sometimes watching some of my friends who are more influential and more responsible Uh, for things than I am. And I've been so grateful to watch how they've echoed and managed uh, dealing with criticism. Sometimes we get it wrong. We sometimes defend or we are using the wrong kind of medium to feed back our response to criticism, um, especially social media. 
But I would say when it comes to uh, influential people, I've always been the most impressed with people that actually reach out in a gentleness, that are willing to sort of sit down and commune with someone else, uh, that are willing to navigate uh, the difference of an opinion. There's actually been the most remarkable fruit that's come from how we handle in nobility uh, the, the anger, the wrath, the upset, the criticism that might come our way. I've always really appreciated to watch... Um, I think the navigation that some, that some people come when they come in with vulnerability, when people come in with vulnerability to give criticism and they come with an, I feel this has really hurt me. I've, I've sensed this has actually been more painful than I realized. And um, perhaps you didn't mean to be this way. Perhaps you uh, were actually just tired or exhausted. I don't know. But this is how I, how I felt with it. And... I'm trying to navigate what to do next. Maybe it's not something I can expect from you. Um, but hey, next time this would really help me. And when it comes in with a form of gentleness um, and a tenderness like that, where someone's like, you actually mean a lot to me and this is how it affects me. Well, that becomes a very different conversation. And people often are much more compassionate and much less defensive when you go in with a tenderness and a gentleness. I'm not looking for self-pity here. I'm not suggesting that we all start acting the victim in the hope that someone wants to come and rescue us. But I do think sometimes if you're just honest and vulnerable with a sense of owning your own feelings rather than looking at uh, trying to fix or teach someone. I had a situation not too long ago when I felt like someone was sort of teaching, trying to teach me things I already knew about how to navigate pain I thought, I already know this stuff. Why are you, why are we trying to teach me this stuff? It almost felt patronizing. So you're not going in with a sense of trying to teach someone about pain. You're not teaching them about how to do life. You're actually going in with your own code system and appreciating these people are a lot more intelligent than you actually realize them to be. But sometimes in our assumptions, we, we degrade their brilliance and their heart for humanity uh, because we've become so focused on our own feelings. Um, I think criticism for me personally, the ones that I enjoy criticism the most are the ones um, that are actually the least, uh, the most compassionate, but the least self-critical because I know that it's coming from a place that's not looking for other people to be different or to change. They're actually looking at you because they believe in you and they have a wholehearted um, vision over your life. Those are the ones that I can take the best criticism from. Um, and equally, as a sensitive little soul, as an only child, if you're an only child, you'll probably be more uh, susceptible to these skins because you weren't used to sibling rivalry and how we sort of punch each other in the face and be five, fine the next sort of five minutes later. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I, I would say is that a fool does reject discipline. Um, but he who regards reproof is sensible. That's a proverb again. I was so aware that the more mature I became, the more um, mature I was wanting to be in life in general, the more approachable I was to discipline, to reproof. Um, I really valued actually constructive criticism so that I could grow and get better in this journey. Um, and it's still a journey to be really honest with you. When I wrote an article for Fox News years ago, I um, remember, and I was talking about coming back to virginity and 
um, or not virginity so much, not for me, but for purity at least, and working on a different basis of sexual ethics. I had so much criticism after that article and so many guys in particular were writing um, very harsh comments, telling me even what they were going to do to show me a good time so I could rechange my values of what sex was. Um, and that's putting it lightly. There were much more harsher comments than that. And I was deeply affected by it, even though I had never met these guys before. And I think it was because they were had never known me or never met me that was so disturbing that they could be so violent and aggressive via commentary. I remember running to church that night and sort of crying in worship. And the Lord had said to me, wouldn't you, just out of interest, wouldn't you have written this whole article all over again if you knew that at least one girl got a benefit from that article? One girl actually knew that there was an option to say no to guys who are indeed this aggressive. And I was like, yeah, I would do it again and again. And there's something about recognizing the responsibility and the focus and the vision on your life that actually can manage criticism more. The more you start to understand your calling and purpose, the more you can manage uh, criticism, even if it's biased, unnecessary, absolutely coming from their own brokenness. And there isn't even an ounce of validity on any of it. Um, but I would say that it's so important to hold yourself and recognize this person is potentially sad often of the time because they didn't get connection with you or because they lost ex expectations weren't being met. Whatever it looks like, a lot of the time people might misunderstand you because they haven't got the full context of something. And so the wisest people are the ones that ask questions and don't assume going into that conversation Lastly, one of the other things I wanted to talk about was the importance of actually covering. So if, for example, you have someone in your life that you've really struggled with, there's been something that you feel like you need to give them criticism and feedback, and um, you actually need to challenge them potentially on some of their behavior. Well, one of the things that I always say to people in my life is I really value covering and a lot of the time, people are wanting to go and to complain about other people. Now, you remember the, the, earlier in this podcast, I talk about that mole molecular experiment of words of affirmation. Well, the other thing about this is actually that kind of information, negative words over somebody else, actually travels up to, and it has been proven by science, actually travels and affects another person for miles so even if I was in England <laughs> and someone else is somewhere and I'm in Stamford, Lincolnshire, but someone else is in London, you know, sometimes when you say, well, your ears burning, could you hear, could you hear us talking about you? Well, that is actually a real thing. That isn't, that's actually science. There is a spiritual heart behind sharing words over someone, someone else. You're essentially sometimes pushing out curses onto other people and making matters even worse. So I've had in my life ex-boyfriends go around and say, oh, she's got issues or, um, and not many of those ex-boyfriends, to be honest with you, have said that. Yeah, I've been very grateful to the ones that have um, taken ownership of their own journey as well. Um, but I've felt it and seen it in times where people have just wanted the absolute worst for me. And that is a very real thing that um, if I don't protect myself or guard myself in prayer, that stuff can actually really affect somebody else and affect ourselves. So having the honor and respect for someone, even when you are upset and you are hurt, 
to cover them by not going around and talking about them or looking for affirmation or approval. It actually comes from a great sense of insecurity. If you're having to go and gang up, so to speak, or badmouth about someone behind their back, it's actually one of my the worst ways to break my trust. And it's been a journey for me um, to actually sit down with friends going, hey, you can't do that. Because that actually, you didn't come to me. You didn't want to have a conversation. You went to go and talk to other friends who aren't even involved. So you need to, you need to look at that and recognize I could have helped you out. I could have answered some questions. I could have probably helped you not go on this massive landslide of, of assumption. And then you're going into a fence when you could have just asked me some questions. We could have powered this out and all would have been well, and my trust wouldn't have been broken in the process. So it's so important, just like how Noah's sons in that beautiful story, although not beautiful at the time, but I thought it was very powerful when Noah's sons covered Noah being naked after the, after the wreck and the flood and him drinking. There's something really beautiful about him covering from public view, and that is an absolute necessity in your relationship with each other. When people talk about family, that's what family is. It covers, it protects, it does not um, dismiss or negate another person's character or intentions or interests or investments into you because you got hurt or upset. Um, in fact, I think it's the antithesis of family. It's actually nothing but um, an aggressive form of segregation and division. When I hear churches against churches criticize each other, for me, it just is pulling apart the ability to unite uh, different churches, different unities, and actually be mature and navigate conversations to be able to connect once more, the ability to love without being right. <laughs> I know it's a hard thing to expect in this day and age, but it is possible. It's not an impossible thing to achieve. And so sometimes when we are experiencing hurt and we want to go and challenge and critique the other person, there have been so many times where I've seen people not just go to a small committee. I understand that it's important to go for wisdom, but I actually think it's important to go to somebody first. That person, whoever the offense is with, you must go to that person first. Navigate that, that sense of um, questioning, getting the right information and understanding. If you can't mitigate a, some kind of peace or understanding at that point, then go to a committee and work out how to navigate that afterwards. But I actually don't, I, I don't um, think there's any need to bring in more people than potentially a few wise owls and certainly not your own friends because uh, you'll often find people being very biased. So normally I like to go to someone that's level-headed, that's wise, that isn't necessarily involved in the uh, scenario but actually has an appreciation to look at the benefit of the doubt for the other persons. It actually helps you go in with a sense of belief. Um, if you are starting to attack someone because you feel like they're defending the other person when you're trying to get wisdom, well, actually look at that as a great gift because they're trying to help you have belief again in that person, which will help you do a much better job at um, giving critical feedback. I don't know if that helps. I hope it does. But just please, from, from this moment, knowing that Christmas is around the corner, I ask you that you trust yourself enough to go forward and ask questions before even needing to give critical, critical feedback and be willing to listen to the feedback and see how you can help and 
create mend with your own actions and choices towards some of that behavior. I think if you have someone that is naturally very negative about other people, you'll find they're very negative towards themselves. Um, and it's just a wiring that they've made in their brain. If you're someone that often finds the worst in someone, then maybe it's a, a worth an idea to actually pick up a book by Caroline Leaf, which is called You Can Switch On Your Brain. And it's actually about changing the neurons and rewiring your brain to different belief patterns that you have. It's something that I found very, very helpful. Um, it's something actually built in confidence, uh, a belief that I was lovable when I, back in the day, wasn't sure if I was. It meant that I couldn't take criticism very well because I believed that I was potentially unlovable. I would use back catalog experiences um, of other people's actions and take that all on as my own rather than recognizing it was actually just the free will of someone else's choice. And I partnered with that on some level, but it didn't mean to say that I had to take on the full brunt. And so when giving criticism, always do it with tenderness and kindness. Um, kindness is always necessary, always, always necessary. Um, and equally have a compassionate heart to know that there's always room for growth. So in the heart and the, and the, the pleasure of being a, a maturing human being, know that there is always room for constructive criticism and constructive feedback. But choose wisely who are those people that get to do that. Not everyone gets to dictate your life. And equally, and there's that lovely quote from Bill that says, if we live by their praise, we'll die by their criticism. Well, this is the beauty of actually having identity rooted and established in something far outside someone else's opinion. So we can actually listen far more wholeheartedly and be willing to grow, be willing to apologize when we need to and apologize when we even don't think we need to. But even just for the sake of connection and um, our friendships, be kind, be gentle. And remember at Christmas, everyone's a bit frantic. So... Go a little bit more gentler on criticism this Christmas. God bless you and I'll speak to you soon.